Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Pine Labs and Global Logic, and it's also the founder and managing director of EU Capital India, which invests into early stage tech-centric startup companies. Uh, and uh, they have invested into companies like Beatles, Shiro's, Edureka, Bulbul TV, among others. Welcome to the show, Rajan. Thank you, Rohit, for having me. Excited to be here and to do this podcast with you. Awesome. So, so uh, Rajan, you've been uh, a part of uh, you know billion-dollar companies like Pine Labs and Global Logic. You know, it's difficult to build a company from scratch and take it to a level, but you managed to build two really big uh, billion-dollar uh, companies. So, you know, what made you start the crazy journey of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so Rohit, I think uh, I I started actually right right out of college, so I really don't know any other way. Um, so I started Pine Labs right from my sort of college from my fourth year uh, when I was doing my engineering. And you know how it is. I think when we look back, these companies look quite big, but you know one thing leads to another, and you keep chugging along, you keep building them up. I think the reality is that the journey of both of these companies has been sort of long and sort of filled with participation from a lot of people. Um, like Pine Labs, actually, I practically ran for the first five years and then I was on the board for another five years. But there has been like a full team sort of which has worked at it for 20 years, um, you know, and sort of uh, that's what it has led to where it is today. Um, similarly, Global Logic, I think uh, I contributed for the first sort of 12, 13 years. But, you know, the team has sort of the co- both of these companies have outlasted me uh, and sort of gone on to become even bigger and better uh, over years. Um, so I think it's been more of an organic journey, I would say, with both of these, uh, very sort of fulfilling, but also very organic, bottom up, sort of, uh, you know, just growing year after year, doing the right thing, winning more customers, you know, pivoting business models to make them uh, bigger. So I think that's that's how the journey has been. Got it. And, uh, you know, did you, uh, did you uh, look at a lot of other business models when you, uh, when you decided on uh, to take on a on a on an idea like Pine Labs and Global Logic, uh, you know, what 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 is the thought pattern people should should look at when they they're looking at solving a, a problem or uh, you know taking on a journey which will be you know anywhere from five to ten years. Right. So I think um, in my case, I mean, these were early years as well. Pine Labs was started in '98. Uh, you know, Global Logic started in early 2000s. So I think, uh, you know, at that time, I think the idea of entrepreneurship in India was not as developed as it is today. Uh, And again, sort of my case, it was more organic. Like I I saw an opportunity in front of me. I tried to sort of capitalize on it and then kept on building from there. So I think I I don't think there was sort of a big, you know, like many entrepreneurs these days, they do like a market structure analysis where the gaps are, where the opportunities are, you know, what to go after, especially serial entrepreneurs and stuff. Uh, but I think in my case, in both of these cases, it was more organic. I think things that came to me, I, I tried to build on that and then kept building on that. Uh, and both of these companies did pivot over a period of time. So it wasn't like the first thing that we started is exactly what the companies do today. I think the both companies have pivoted through like two or three significant iterations uh, to get to where they are. But I think more relevant to today, I, I do think today is a far more competitive and a far more... Uh, you know, developed market. So if you are an entrepreneur today, I, I do think you would sort of have to do a little bit more validation 
uh, and sort of do a little bit more top-down analysis on what what you would want to do and where you want to build a business. Um, so I think uh, I think today offers you that opportunity versus it was like 20 years back. Got it. And you know, since you moved out of uh, global logic and fine labs, you being uh, in uh, you started your investing. So you know, how did you get into engine investing, and how did it lead to uh, you know uh, 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 EO capital in there? Sure. So as I exited Pine Labs and uh, and Global Logic, I think uh, around 2010-2011, I sort of had a little bit more liquidity, um, and I wanted to. An Indian ecosystem, startup ecosystem, had also started looking more and more exciting. Um, right. you know, Flipkart had happened around eight nine, and sort of all this internet, you know, the second coming or third coming, whichever way you count it, had right. started happening. And I think uh, so. I wanted to participate in that ecosystem. Um, so, and you know, you would see a lot of these entrepreneurs, including myself, when we make money, you know, we put back into the entrepreneurial ecosystem because that's what we know. I mean, like, for example, I've never really done well in any other form, like of real estate or public markets or anything like that. So I, I started investing my own money um, around, I think this was around 2010, uh, 9, 10. Uh, and then over a period of time, I became more and more active. So between 2010 and I would say 16, I, I made a number of investments, I think 26, 27 investments. Um, and uh, I realized that A, I enjoyed the process um, working with these early stage companies and B, I, I did well for myself. So I was able to sort of invest in some of the, uh, some, some interesting companies like Misho, Shuttle, Cygnus, you know, 1MG, HealthCard. Uh, and I think so, so I learned through that process uh, and uh, decided to go pro in the sense that sort of do it at a slightly larger scale uh, and started Leo Capital uh, in sort of mid-17. Uh, and that's what sort of, it was just kind of an, again, an organic grown-up version of angel investing in some way. Yeah. Got it. And, uh, you know, you, uh, you talked about angel investing, but but do you think it's a, it's a uh, it takes seven to ten years uh, to, to get an exit, or or, or do you think you know, angel investors can can get an exit earlier? So, if I talk from my own experience, I think uh, there are certain companies for sure, like which I angel invested in, which I was able to exit within literally like two or three years. Like for example, I made an investment into a company called Quickwell, uh, okay. which number two to Practo in those times. Uh, right. so I made the investment, if I remember, in 13, 14, and then Practo bought us in 15. So that was like a exit within two years. Uh, right. Similarly, I think uh, I'd invested in HealthCard, uh, one, which also spun off 1MG later on. And I was able to sell to like a Series B investor. So again, I got an exit in a couple of years. So I think in few cases, uh, I think the opportunity, especially in a fast growing company, which is raising more and more investment, there is opportunity for angel investors to exit in shorter periods, like two years, three years, four years. Uh, right. But in others, like for example, Cygnus Healthcare, I invested, you know, it was one of my first investments and I'm still in like nine years oh. later and I'm kind of exiting now actually. So I think in some other cases, it took longer, uh, like seven, eight years, nine years, uh, depending on the business. So if it's a more traditional business, like growing sort of at a more moderate pace, it takes longer, but I think if it's like a venture type business, you know, growing fast, then you can exit, you know, in a few years time as well. Got it. And, uh, you know, about your capital, how big is your ticket size and, you know, how, how big is the is the fund? 
So Leo Capital One, we invest, uh, we've been investing about a million dollars uh, on an average. Um, okay. So we've made uh, 14 investments so far. Um, I think 11 have been announced, three are still in closing. Um, so I think the minimum sort of we've done is I think five, 600K, the maximum we've done is like more like 2 million. Average has been a million. Um, I think, um, so yeah, and we've been doing sort of tech investing, consumer, SaaS, uh, we've done travel, logistics, um, you know, so pretty sector agnostic, uh, but I think mostly sort of tech and sort of large scale plays using tech. Correct. And, you, you know, what do you look for an entrepreneur when you invest with them? Uh, is it, uh, are, are you looking for an Ivy League, uh, uh, you know, entrepreneur who's, who's, who's from IIT or IM, or, or do, you, do you look at, you know, what, what, is, the, what is the market size or, or, you know, what is the problem they're trying to solve? Sure. So we generally look, I think, uh, you know, for a combination of, um, I would say, three things. One is the market itself. So the question we're asking ourselves is that do we want to be in this market? Do we want to invest in this market? Do we see an opportunity to create a large company in this market in the next few years? Um, I think team definitely is a big factor for us. Um, I think uh, many entrepreneurs that we have invested in, they are sort of, you know, from top colleges. Uh, I think, you know, it's definitely a factor of sort of what your background is, what you've achieved in the past. Uh, it's not the only thing, but it's definitely a factor. Uh, I think we look for basically history of success, right? In an right. entrepreneur, whether it's academic success or entrepreneurial success or professional success uh, or passion, you know, so you're looking for sort of some of those things uh which make them sort of suitable so the question we're asking ourselves is that can this team build an awesome business in this space in the next few years right um okay. we have to sort of comfort ourselves with that and the third okay. thing we look for is traction so i think especially as a fund we look for sort of things that have happened so far so usually the companies that come to us have some history you know they could be six months one year old one and a half years old um, so they would have something to show, you know, like if it's an app, then they would have some downloads, traction. If it's an enterprise company, they would have some sort of beta customers or some revenue. Um, you know, so we look at sort of early signs of success using that traction. So and, and overall, we look at a combination of those three things, market, team and traction. Correct, correct. And, uh, you know, you recently uh, made investments in uh, Bull Bull TV and Btop. you know, uh, Sachin has been part of uh, Make My Trip and uh, uh, Truly Magli DP. So, so what made you invest into, uh, into Bull Bull? Right. So we invested in Bull Bull uh, in December, January. We were sort of the first investor into them. And uh, so I've, I've known Sachin in the ecosystem for the last few years. We've never really worked together but we have bumped into each other sort of at common events and, you know, and, and all that. So we never really knew each other very well, uh, but I've had like great respect for him as a, as somebody, you know, who's been out there, he's built multiple businesses, uh, good teams and stuff. So I always had wanted to work with him. Um, I think he's been working, he had been working on the concept of Bulbul uh, for a few months before he, before he came to us. Uh, and, uh, you know, when he presented uh, the Bulbul concept to us, we we uh, we absolutely loved it. We felt, uh, you know, as we look at sort of the next 200 million, 300 million internet users in India, uh, right. they need sort of more video based uh, shopping. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we felt that he had really thought through this concept in a fair level of detail. 
uh, and also assembled a fantastic team, you know, in sort of Atit and uh, and Sienna, uh, you know, so he sort of uh, really created a great team, thought about this concept in detail, and that's why we sort of liked it. We liked the macro, we liked the sort of work that he had done, we loved the team, uh, and that's why we invested. Correct, and uh, you know this is this is for for uh, people who will be working in high growth startups or people or people who want to get into angel investing. And um, how much of a portfolio do you think should should be there in risky investments like like angel investing? Because uh, you, you know you've been there in the ecosystem, so you you understand uh, about uh, about what is happening in the market. But you know what if people would want to invest? Uh, how much of the portfolio should be into into angel investing or offered in other cryptocurrencies? So look, I think this is very obviously a risky side of investing. And most people, right. you know, when they invest in sort of these risky assets, including cryptocurrencies, or I mean, they're very different assets, cryptocurrency and angel investing, but still right. I think a very high risk uh, bucket, you know. So um, I it depends on your risk profile. So I can't really put a number to it, um, you right. know, should it be like 5% to 10%? I don't know. It depends on your risk profile. Uh, I think when I look at sort of high net worth families, let's say, uh, you know, who are doing more formal portfolio allocation, my guess is that only sort of a low single digit percentage goes into early stage investing. Uh, You know, so I think uh, that would be my guess. But the other thing I would say is also, if you are doing angel investing, then don't do just one company. I think what I've seen is that many sort of people, sometimes people fall in love with one company and they put yeah. money into that and that doesn't work out and, you know, they sort of lose lose that. Uh, I think it's important to make a portfolio. Um, so let's say if you want to invest 50 lakh, let's say, then I would say that you're better off doing five into 10 versus doing, right. let's say, 15 to one. Uh, just because, you know, it's also a learning process in the process of doing 10 investments, you'll meet 50 companies, 100 companies. You know, it'll take you an year or two to make these investments. You know, so there will be some sort of diversification time-wise. There'll be diversification portfolio-wise, and usually, you know, like if you make ten, then you will, you are more likely to find at least one or two, you know, which will sort of return your portfolio. Um, nice. so I think um, so. I would say just do like I would say ten should be the least count, uh, sort okay. of doing engine investing versus doing just one or two. Got it. And, and, and so I wanted to understand um, how did you approach uh, LPs for, for investing into into your VC funds? There's been uh, there's been a high growth of uh, you know VC funds which have come into uh, into picture in India. Uh, you know uh, how how difficult was it to to raise your own fund? Uh, you know and, and getting LPs on board. It's definitely it was a new thing for me since I never sort of raised a fund. So I think I I didn't have a good sense of who these LPs are and sort of how to approach them and all that. So like anything uh-huh. new that you do for the first time, it was uh, it was definitely like challenging right in the beginning. But I think uh, as I got deeper into it, I was able to understand sort of and you know like anything else is you know LPs are very well connected to each other as well. So you network uh-huh. way you sort of you get one and then they refer you others and you know, that's how you grow. Um, so I think uh, it's definitely challenging. I wouldn't say that it was sort of a slam dunk uh, that sort of, you know, I pitched and we were, you know, very easily able to raise money. It took time. It took sort of a lot of effort. It took a lot of coverage to meet different kind of people, sort of wealthy individuals, hand it with families, funds from funds, um, you know, more sort of institutional funds and all that. So I think it, uh, it took a while, but it was also a good learning exercise for us I think it's uh, there is a difference between angel and fund, and I think 
uh, LPs are the difference. So I think just helping to understand how their worldview is, what they are thinking of markets, you know, how they're thinking of India versus other markets, all that was useful to us also in our thinking and in terms of sort of uh, where to put our money. Correct. And, and are you industry agnostic or, or, are you, or do you avoid certain industries uh, you know, for investing into, uh, you know, when you're looking to invest into entrepreneurs? Right. So we generally, I mean, like I said, more tech centric. So within tech, I think if we see a large venture type play, uh, we are industry agnostic. Generally, things that we have not done are, and which are happening in India are things like consumer brands. Uh, so if you look at sort of, let's say, you know, like consumer brands and juices, fashion bags, you look at any area, there's a lot of consumer brands getting funded these days, electronics. And I think that's one area that we have not done so far because I think it's just uh, we're more sort of tech centric, like I said. Uh, but otherwise, within tech sort of, we are pretty industry agnostic. Okay. And do you think the multiples are, are, are lesser for consumer brands? Is, is, is that is why or maybe there's, there's less moat uh, for investing into consumer brands? Or do you think uh, you, you're just focusing on, on software companies which can, which can really multiply? I think the risk reward is definitely different for consumer brands. I think uh, they may be low risk, but uh, lower reward. Um, so I think when you're constructing a portfolio, you have to be, um, you know, just kind of cognizant of that, of sort of uh, where you're playing, how you're playing. So we have a certain kind of portfolio where we have taken certain risks and we are expecting sort of commensurate rewards. Um, so I think the, the consumer brand risk reward didn't really fit into our portfolio. Um, you know, and I think that's 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 really the reason. OK, uh, you know, interestingly, what uh, we've had a couple of uh, IPOs in, in the US, especially, you know, Uber, Pinterest, and maybe we'll have WeWork. Uh, but uh, but in India, you know, if, uh, even though we have a we have a huge uh, consumer base, we've had Flipkart, which 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 got a really uh, a big exit last year. Do you think uh, India is is open for IPOs in future or is it going to be more of an MA sort of a market? Yeah, so I think um, that is a real problem. I think Indian public markets tend to be more conservative. They tend to value more profitability versus growth, um, you know, historically. So it's hard for many of these tech companies which are in growth stage uh, to deliver that kind of history of profitability that Indian markets uh, traditionally value. Um, so it's hard to for them to go public in India. Uh, and, um, you know, going public outside obviously has its own challenges. Um, so I think public markets, I mean, when we are investing, it'll be like very few, if any, you know, if I think of our current portfolio, maybe one company uh, may have a chance of going public in India. Uh, yeah. I think most of the others are going to have more strategic kind of exits, either, either some other company buys them or, or we sell our stake to a future investor. Um, yeah. so I think vast majority of sort of exits, I think, you know, are going to be in that bucket of strategic exits or exits to other financial investors. Uh, versus IPOs in my view, which is also the case even if you look at, let's say, US more developed markets, even though we have a lot more IPOs there, but still if you look at it as a percentage, I'm sure like a vast majority, maybe as much as 80-90% of exits happen in a strategic fashion versus IPOs. Right. And, you know, speaking about Uber and we were like, I want to talk about SoftBank. Uh, do you think there will be a trend of uh, having such uh, mega funds like SoftBank and and what can a portfolio company uh, do uh, 
you know if they're competing with a with a soft bank a uh, portfolio company because you know the kind of funds and the kind of uh, you know uh, 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 you know uh, people they have uh, do, do you think uh, you know what would be the strategy of a portfolio company is going to uh, go against uh, you know somebody like softbank right look i think softbank definitely kind of up the game change the game as they sort of investing started investing at a very different sort of level uh, especially right. in a country like india you know i mean he had never really seen that kind of money before so softbank came in i mean sort of writing couple of 100 million dollar checks or even billion dollar checks um it is i think uh, it is definitely challenging let's say if you are in a competitive situation with a company which is funded by softbank because i mean they they have let's say a lot more money and uh, it's it's hard to compete with that but i think uh, you know like companies find their way they find their niches they find their ways to survive um, you know they become more competitive uh, and there is money outside of softbank too i think these days we see a lot of these hedge funds directly investing into indian companies um, okay. you know like we see even like institutions like canadian pension board uh, cutting large checks into indian companies you know so i think it's not that capital is not available uh, outside of softbank so i think there is obviously capital available and companies are tapping into that capital uh, to compete uh, with softbank funded companies um, you know in all markets like if if you look at sort of any market right look you look at sort of us or china or india um, you know there are obviously competitors and they are being able to raise capital elsewhere uh, to compete so i think it does get harder i'm sure uh, but i think there is capital available and companies have to be more innovative when they find their way Got it. And and your opinion, advice for for you know uh, for budding venture capitalists on you know uh, on what what should what should they look at uh, when they're trying to build their career in venture capital? Yeah, so I think um, uh, look, it is it's like anything else. I think investment, in my view, tends to be a very specialized thing. I I always almost equate it to medicine. Uh, uh-huh. You know, so I think let's say think of it think of like a very specialized surgeon. or sort of uh, you know eye specialist or sort of whatever gastro right and they they know their field very well um, right. so i think investing is also like that i feel um, so whether you are public market investor or early stage investor or growth stage private equity investor or some other form of investor crypto investor i think each of these are very specialized areas on their own uh, and i think you need sort of experience and sort of some i would say um, you know war wounds um you know to show for uh, as you get good uh, as you get it good there's no sort of short term success in these things it's just like a you know we go to experienced doctors right somebody who's been out there for 15 or 20 years and has seen a lot of patients and needs knows what to look at i think investment is like that like that as well so for budding sort of vcs or investors you have to sort of get on to it and find a way to do to build up a track record and history of you know 10 15 20 30 40 investments i think uh, and i think that's the best way to sort of learn right and i think obviously it's expensive if you lose a lot of money but i think uh, that's really the only way to learn uh, you know of sort of what to look for what you like what works what doesn't work um, so i think that's really that's really the way to do it in my view got it and you know i quickly want to do the top 3 uh, you know what, what is your favorite business book business book um I I I always liked uh, Jim Collins sort of the two books that he wrote which was uh, Built to Last and Good to Great. 
these were about sort of everlasting companies. They were more from early 2000s. So I, I love those two books. And I think um, uh, I continue to sort of abide by them in many ways. Got it. And if you could go back in time when you when you started investing, you know, what, what is the one thing you would have focused on or anything you would have done differently? Um, so when I started investing, it was uh, early uh, and, you know, I was uh, also just finding my way. Um, so I think knowing what I know now, I, I think I value now markets more and more what I've learned. And I think all investors will tell you that I think picking out the right market at the right timing becomes the number one determinator more than anything else of investment success. Uh, I think um, so. I think I've become more and more conscious of that now, uh, and I think some of the early mistakes I would have avoided if I knew a little bit more of that when I was early investing. But that's just part of the learning curve. That's it. Correct. And and your any favorite online tools, example, uh, Gmail, Slack, Zoom. I mean, uh, you know, I think India runs on WhatsApp, right? Uh, so, <laughs> think, uh, so you can't be too much away from WhatsApp if you're working in India. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm fully on the Google stack, uh, sort of Gmail, calendar, everything, the whole the whole hog. Um, so I think that's kind of between Gmail stack and WhatsApp is I would say 80% of my usage. I I got another one for you. Uh, do you do you have any favorite uh, VC whom you follow or, or admire? Um, you know, all the sort of, uh, I think VCs, uh, larger VCs in India, um, you know, been out there, you know, Sequoia, Ceph, uh, Lightspeed, uh, you know, all these funds, I would say, Axel, uh, you know, I think the, because we're the profession, we have to follow them. Uh, and I admire all of them. I think they're all sort of taking interesting pets and sort of building interesting companies. They're all sort of good seasoned professionals, um, you know, so, um, so really something to learn for us from all of them. Got it. And, you know, what is the best way people can reach out to you and how can an entrepreneur, you know, pitch uh, to earlier capital? So I think the best way uh, we like is that if you just go through our website, which is www.leo.capital, uh, then you will just see a simple website uh, sort of with our portfolio and some of the things that we believe in. Uh, there is an email there called pitch at leo.capital. If you email it to us, how that helps us is that that also goes into our CRM. So we're able to track it a little bit, um, you know, if you just follow the process there. Uh, otherwise, you can also directly reach out to me. It's rajul at leo.capital. Um, you know, but I think it doesn't go into a CRM. So our preferred way is that if you just mail it to our sort of email, which is pitch at leo.cabin. Got it. Right. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I know you, you, you were not here in India. You took out your valuable time to uh, come and speak to me. Uh, thank you very much. And I'm sure, you know, listeners would have uh, learned a lot from the, from our discussion. Really, thank you for having me. I enjoyed the discussion and I, I hope it was of value to you and some of your listeners. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.